Hello, welcome to the Grace Life Podcast. The message you're about to hear, if diligently applied, will absolutely change your life. We're praying that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, thereby allowing the eyes of your understanding to be enlightened. Now let's join the service already in progress with Pastor West. to shout like this well we all got a personality but the Lord didn't say live by your personality he said live out of your faith yes. Yes. huh Thank you, Lord. you know this is a, 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 what we're doing is we're celebrating this, something that's already happened <clears throat> how many plan on going to heaven that was about 60% of you <clears throat> I'll give you one more chance who's planning on going to heaven well I got, still didn't get 100% but praise the Lord I can't do everything in one meeting. But anyway, <laughs> how many is never going to raise your hands no matter what I ask you? Thank you. I see those hands. Hallelujah. Thank you for your honesty. <clears throat> anyway, when we get there, how many want to hear from the Lord Savior, enter in, that well done, thou good to what? Enter into some joy that we're going to try to get stirred up. You know, here he tells us to stir up the gift. When you get there, there will be nothing needs stirring. So we're all stirring on this side. Huh? And if you lived like I did, you wouldn't need as much stirring. See, revival is, oh, I know I'm in the south. Here I am. I'm doing this. I get myself more trouble. I'm all about renewing. I'm all about revival. I'm all about awakening. But if you just lived this book, you wouldn't need to be renewed all the time. Huh? If you change your oil, you may not have as much maintenance problems. Right? You ought to just live, you, you ought to live on. And, or you could be a revival junkie and go from revival to revival to revival to revival to revival. Yeah. Right? You can sit down. That's what Rodney Howard Brown said. You can sit down if you want to. Rodney Howard Brown said, I did that for years. I had to go back every six months. And what we did, we lost everybody. I had to go back and get the joy of the Lord again. <laughs> no. We're in a relationship where we abide in him. Yeah. We live in him. For us to live as to what? Him. Jesus said, if you abide in me, my words abide in you, you can have what you ask. Hallelujah. So we can live revived. But we'll always have need of revival. We'll always have need of awakening. We'll always have need of this. And then there's things, you know, awakening is not the same thing as revival. Sometimes they get thrown in together. You know, Azusa Street was not really a revival. That was an awakening. A lot of times revivals for the local, local church, the local body, and it may go some far beyond that. But when you get into awakening... Hmm. Azusa Street woke the world up and it brought people it brought visitors in there like Smith Wigglesworth and John G. Lake and people like that and uh, that news that news spread abroad amen and how we know we are we are headed into the, to the last awakening yeah. hallelujah so don't let the Lord catch you sleeping so we're going to have three uh, three or four weeks uh, we, we said uh, Monday through Wednesday Tuesday is supposed to be a an unusual day of the weather. If it is, we'll we'll do that, and we'll just do Wednesday because um, um, I would be doing Tuesday and Wednesday. And uh, but if 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 the weather's whatever they say it is, we'll wait till Wednesday and do Wednesday. But we got uh, this morning, and we got tonight, uh, um, and then we got Monday night already scheduled. Tonight will be six o'clock with uh, Pastor Michael Billings from Tuscaloosa, 
When he comes, he's never, he, he never comes as a pastor. He gets uh, as conservative as he is. When he gets on the road, he gets wild. So <laughs> if you never get to see someone who's wild, I mean, I, I enjoy watching him on the road because he turns into another man on the road, and, and I like that guy even better. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, uh, and, uh, but this morning, we are graced to have our dear friends, uh, and Michelle and I just, just love them. Uh, and uh, if I can say this, and he may say more, Pastor and Mary Green from Rainbow City, the Gaston area. Praise the Lord. They were here with us a little over a year ago and blessed us. Y'all give them a good, God bless you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, here it is. We, we, we didn't plan these meetings. And I've only done this like two, three times over the years. But uh, I was sitting here Sunday, and I heard by the Holy Ghost uh, enter into these days of meetings. And uh, so I'm sitting there, and, and you know, I'm thinking, um, well, I got just a few seconds to make a decision. You know, like, uh, I hear it. It's like, well, you know, that's just no plan for that. Oh, uh, let's see. Uh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, you got to make a decision, don't you? This is yes. This is no. Right? You got to make a decision when you hear something, right? And so the, they are. So when I called them, they, uh, the, this is their vacation time. They're, they're supposed to be headed north up into the mountains. And they live 100 miles closer to the mountains than we do. And I said, no, I don't do that. I said, that's best when y'all's thing. But, uh, but here they are. That just tells you a whole lot about them. So we, we are so honored and, and grateful that they came. And they're kind of cutting into their vacation time to be with us. So I know it's going to be very, very special. Um, kind of what was in my heart about this, if you saw it on Facebook, they put it out there. I, um, uh, it kept on coming to me out of Isaiah 60. It says, Arise and shine, for your light has come. Your light has come. Right? <clears throat> and then to capture this whole thing, uh, we was watching a word here Wednesday night by Hank Kuhneman about 2020. And uh, he was talking about these sort of things in the light. But uh, here's the thing. He said, the wait's over. The wait's over. You know, we talk about seasons, and there are seasons. God made four seasons, right? And and, uh, I don't know if we're in fall or winter, and it hasn't decided yet. But uh, we want fall to stay for a while. And uh, let winter get here when it gets here. But... But here's the deal. Um, there's, there's times and there are seasons, but there's times that we can always enter in. And I don't know who I'm speaking to, but I heard speak this before we get started this morning. If you're, if you're here this morning and you feel like you're without hope in any area of your life, your circumstances may be real, but, but, your, but your conclusion of that is wrong. Hmm. You know, some people don't deal with adversity as well as others. But Jesus said it's primarily because of what you've been doing with your life before the adversity came. He said a wise man will build his house on a rock. A foolish man hears the same thing, won't do it. When a storm comes to both of them, the same storm hits the same people and gets different results. One man has great ruin, and the other one said the storm hit me and it just kind of bounced off. But nevertheless, Ephesians 2 says that we are not people without hope. That we were, t- we, we at one time, we were shut out of this thing. But God, who's rich in all of his mercy and his compassion and his goodness, he came and gave and lived and died and rose up and he made us one with him. I mean, you're one, you're one with him. 
He's broken down the way. And so now we are fellow heirs, federal citizens. You're not even from Alabama. Wherever you're from, you're actually from here. You're just an alien swooping through this place. Well, you're not, you're really not from here, are you? Now, if we want to talk about Alabama today, we can talk about Alabama, but, uh, but, but you're really not even from this state or wherever you was born. You've really just been dropped out of heaven here for a little while to run your race. So you of all people have more hope than anybody that I know. Are you, are you with me? You have more hope than anybody that I know. And uh, so we're going to receive this, the, uh, the morning tithe and offerings. Uh, if you need an envelope and you do, uh, raise your hand. And uh, at the, we'll receive a special offering in the services, and we'll do that at the end of each service. Uh, this is the uh, Sunday morning tithe and offering. Um, and I want to go to 2 Corinthians chapter. Y'all tell me, see if you're flowing. Nine. Oh, y'all flowing. How do you know by grace you're saved through faith? Did you know you, that you did not get saved by grace? And you didn't get saved by faith? You, you got saved by grace through faith. If it was just grace, it would be wonderful because grace is the supplier. But if you didn't have faith, how would you receive it? Jemison came out here a few years ago and put a water meter, and they ran water from wherever it comes from to the road. And they said, if y'all wanted in the building, y'all better hook on. They said, we supplied you, but you better hook on. You need the pipe or some PVC. You need a plumber if you wanted in that building. That's not our part. No more than I would call the power company this afternoon and say, guess what? We're going to have a birthday party at our house at 6 o'clock tonight. I'm going to need y'all to come in and turn the switches on. How many think they're coming? Keith, you work for power company. They're coming. Well, sir, you got some pull, certainly. Could you get anyone out there? Because, see, they think they did their part, right? They got it to the house, they brought it to the meter, and they want me to go out there and just turn it on. Hallelujah. Now, <clears throat> how many of you happy? Happy has an expression. And I always said, if you don't feel happy, just go ahead and look happy. You might fake yourself out. And if you can't, if you, if you can't smile, then tonight sleep with a, uh, at least a child's uh, clothes hanger in your mouth. The shape of that clothes hanger will fix you for three or four days. Second Corinthians chapter nine. Uh, this is what Paul said. But this I say, he was so sparingly, she also reaped sparingly. Uh, we don't, I don't hardly want to read that verse usually. And he was so bountiful, she also reaped bountifully. Um, it's kind of interesting what Mark Hankins said. He's down at Caneland this weekend. He's talking about, you know, those who seek. He said, well, I sowed sparingly, and I didn't reap anything. He said, maybe you did. Maybe you sowed so sparingly that when the harvest came, you couldn't even tell it. <laughs> he said, if it didn't hardly affect you, it didn't move you, he said, the harvest might have come, and you didn't feel it either. <laughs> How many of you been in the meetings when you gave more than you, you planned on giving? You heard the Holy Ghost thinking, you uh, looking for three or four witnesses on that. That ever happened to you? How many of you ever gave an offering that did move you? Now I, now some of y'all are like, yeah, now I know what you're talking about. Well, so he said, yeah, there's a lot of people who gave sparingly. It was so sparingly that the harvest did come, he said, but you didn't feel it either because you didn't feel it going out. Hallelujah. 
Now watch here, but here's what Paul said. He said, every man according to as, as he purposes in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly necessity, for God loves a what? A cheerful giver. And uh, <clears throat> I'll swap over to the Amplified, the uh, female translation, and uh, uses a few more words. It says, let each one of you give up, each, let each one give as he's made up in his own mind, purposed in his heart, not reluctantly, sorrowfully, under compulsion, for God loves, takes pleasure, prizes in other things. God is unwilling to abandon or do without a cheerful joyous, prompted to do it giver whose heart is in his, who, I mean, whose giving is in his head. Oh, I'm sorry, that's a, that's a reverse translation, uh, not revised. Who's what? Whose heart? So what's God looking at? Heart. Hmm? So <clears throat> Jesus said, wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart is. But he said in another place, he said, faith is found in the heart. So you could say it this way, where he finds where your heart is, he finds faith, that he finds them in the same place. If, you're, if your treasure uh, is in... Uh, I, I did all this by my ability. This is mine. I'm going to spend it on me and my four. Then that's where your treasure is. If your treasure is in your alma mater and you give it all back to the university, that's where your treasure is. If your treasure is in, uh, you know, well, we're taking a super vacation and it's all about this, and you know, and then that's where your treasure is. If your heart is toward the things of God and the purposes of God, then that's where your treasure is. And faith is already there for now, I will say this, and I, I can say in this church because it's now been trained. And we're, and, and we're still being trained to think this way because we had years of thinking so long the other way. Your giving doesn't move God at all. What you give and don't give does not move God. If you, if you sign the title to your house over uh, today, uh, that doesn't move God. And God is not compelled to do anything today in what you give and don't give. Hmm? By grace you are saved through what? Through faith, which means I furnished what you would need the most, which would be your salvation, and then you did it by faith. So if God, if God responds to your offering, then he has to do it out of grace. Then he puts you right back, you have to go right back on the law and says, well, you did this, and because of what you did, now I got to go do this. So he wants you to come to a greater place than on this, that I have already blessed you in my son Jesus with every spiritual blessing. Now you can put a principle of sowing and reaping into effect with faith, and you can get any response you want to. But it's going to come out of a full supply because of Jesus Christ. So God doesn't owe me anything no matter what I do because he's already made everything available. He doesn't do away with seed time and harvest time, but he, see, all God's looking for is not money in heaven because he's, he's taken care of. He has saved enough for his retirement. <laughs> it's taken a while, but he's covered, he thinks. <laughs> Amen. Even if there's, he, he said his 401k under Donald Trump is doing very well, so he's, he feels comfortable right now, and he hasn't laid anybody off. Not you know. Anyway, but praise the Lord. So here, so he, but here's here's our deal. Well, what about us? Well, what about you? Because you were without hope, but now you're you're people of all hope, right? You're not you're not. A, he says you're in Ephesians two. He says you're not a stranger to this covenant. This covenant was made for you. He says so. This is your time to know that for you to arise and to shine and to enter in, enter in with with what, with joy. 
with joy. Not joy that we're having to manufacture. I guess it's okay to put it on if you have to for a while, but the joy of knowing these things of, of entering in. That nothing or no one can stop this thing because it is a blood covenant. A blood covenant. A demon gets to a blood covenant and all he is is just a, he's just an outsider. He's just a harasser is all that he is. So he said, uh, um, he's given you all sufficiency of all things and every good work. And uh, he hath given to the poor, remaineth forever. Now he ministers seed to the sower and, and both minister bread for your food. He will multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. You are being enriched in everything to our bountifulness, which causes us through thanksgiving to God. For the ministration of the service is not only supplies the want of the saints, but also abundant to the thanksgiving of God. Whilst by the experiment of the ministration, they glorify God for your professed subjection to the gospel of Christ, for your liberty distribution unto them and unto all men, and by their prayer for you with long suffering for the exceeding grace of God in you. The grace of God in you. So he said, I'll give seed to sow. I'll multiply your seed sown. He says, you'll, you'll have the fruit of peace in doing so. Right? So we are, we are giving out of, uh, out of a place of abundance. Because 2 Corinthians 8 says, even though 2 Corinthians 8, and I'll be quiet and turn this thing over. 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 8 and verse, what is it, 9? Says for by grace you are saved through Lord Jesus through the Lord Jesus. So if your salvation came by grace through Jesus, your tithing or the blessing is not going to come a different way. God's not going to change systems when it comes to money. I don't know if you heard what I said. If your salvation came through grace. By you putting faith in that of which you had nothing to do with, God didn't make a different system for your money based on what you do. Here's something that's not happened today. The Lord's not confused. And he's not ignorant. Amen? So he wants you to enter in even though it doesn't look like it and though it doesn't feel like it. You say, well, I got laid off. Good. I've been fired from two jobs, and they should have fired me before them because my, my, there was promotion on the other side of that. Amen. <clears throat> and uh, and, I, and I'm, I'm thankful for the firings. Well, one, I didn't really get fired. One, it was mutual. Either he was going to hit him or, I, or he was going to hit me. I don't know which one. But anyway, so it was mutual that we walked out. I, this was not yesterday either, but anyway, just a long time ago. <laughs> uh, I was like 21, so, and I wasn't following Jesus, so I told him where the sun didn't shine. But hallelujah, I've, I've grown since then. Hallelujah. So he says, uh, you're rich, even though Christ is rich, he became poor for what? For our sake. Why? That you might be what? Is that spirit? Is that just spiritually rich? Is that rich, rich? So who here, who, who's here who believes the Bible? That was, I got, I got, wow, I got 100%. They all, they, hallelujah. 
I didn't want to say, I don't mean to take your time, but I don't want to turn you over to unbelief. <laughs> I mean, you're already cutting into the man's vacation, so I don't, I mean, I didn't want you to come. Pl- no. <laughs> yeah, I don't want him plowing, you know, I just want him to be able to lay the seat out. <laughs> He's like, you could at least got the rocks out and the stumps out and all that, you know. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to have to stay here through Thursday, my vacation. <laughs> Hallelujah. If you hung up on a game last night, get over it. Hallelujah. I mean, it's, it's, it's leather. They kicked it this way and they kicked it that way. Hallelujah. You know, when, when they start sending me a check in my mailbox, I'm going to care a whole lot. Until then, I don't care a whole lot. Hallelujah. You know, <clears throat> that man makes more. Uh, uh, what's, what's savings bank? He makes about $11 million a year, so that breaks into about. Uh, he, he does pretty good every week, no matter what happens. So I don't feel sorry for nobody. Hallelujah. So he said, we, we, we were made rich. He became poor that we might be rich. Through, through his poverty, we are rich. And uh, the Amplified said, he was so very rich, yet for your sake. Oh, man. His undeserved favor and spiritual blessing in that though he was so very rich, so very rich, yet for your sake, he became so very poor. He didn't become poor. He became so very poor. In order that you, by his poverty, might become enriched, that you could be abundantly supplied. So can you, can you say with me, I'm funded? Now, you're, you're a citizen of heaven, right? But here's what's happening. You're always living out of two worlds at the same time. You're in this world, but you're not of this world. And if there's ever been a fish in a coin's mouth, it'll be that again. And it, and it could be, you know, you just had a little thing where there was a fish one time. I mean, he, you, you may get different instructions. He might tell you to go, uh, and I've never been, and you have, you know, I've never been fishing out on the ocean and whatever you call it and how to leave. You, may, you might catch a blue marlin. He might tell you to shake that thing down. He might have 14,000 coins in it. Hallelujah. So say, we're same abundantly supplied in Christ. He did it by grace. And he did it for me. So it all belongs to me. I'm an heir. I'm a joint heir with Christ. Whatever it belongs to him, belongs to me. Because I'm one spirit with him. One with him. So you have full, you have full ownership. You have full ownership. So we don't have to make decisions based out of a circumstance. Because here is your circumstance. Huh? See, some people won't relinquish because they don't have faith that God will replace and multiply. You say, well, if it happens, then I'll do it. If God gives me this, then I'll do this. Um, people tell me through the years, if I win the lottery, I've had a few people, thank God, not many, and these weren't people I pastored very long, but they said, if I win the lottery, I'm going to give so-and-so. Would you pray with me? I said, no, nah, I ain't praying for that. Praise the Lord. Not praying for that at all. Somebody said, would you take any money? Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> well, of course I would. How to leave, but... But but to do that, but we, we, we got to come from a place of this is where we already are, right? 
and the event that we're talking about is already taking place, so it's finished. It's finished. Now, if I get to heaven and it's different from that, and I get there and my driveway needs work, and my sheetrock's got a few holes in it, and my mansion needs a little paint, they overbuild that place a little bit. Because <laughs> I got that here. <laughs> if I need a little plumbing work and some updates, I, I got that right now. Right? But you're going to enter into something finished. The marriage supper of the Lamb has been, has been, has been, has been going on for 6,000 years, so God is a God of order. As much as we like the flow of the Holy Ghost, God also is a God of order. So he's been, he's been preparing the marriage supper of the Lamb for 6,000 years. And I always kid about this way. Sometimes we get to a nice restaurant, you know, and it's got all these utensils, and you're like, which fork do I use? You may have so many forks in heaven, you don't know what it is. It's a seven-year eating. There's going to be a lot of utensils. You know, I don't know if it works that way, but I think it means seven years nonstop eating. Woo, glory to God. You don't want to miss that, do you? I'm the only one who don't want to miss it. Hallelujah. Well, why don't we just uh, take your offering? You already have it. Let's just shake it around a little bit. Hallelujah. Say, God, you're good. God, you're so very good. We love you. We praise you. We adore you. Now, why are, we do, why are we doing that? Because this is not the part of the service where we give. This is the extension of our worship. Right? This is as much worship as if we sang 14 more songs. Because he said right here in this other scripture, I didn't read. He said, he said, all this right here has to first start out of a willing mind. So you could be obedient, but you're not willing. Hmm? Like I'm here. You did this as a kid. My mother says, you, you go over there and you do this. Well, when I was so little, she could make me do it. She said, sit down. But I wanted to stand up. But she made me sit down. But on the inside, I was standing up. But I had no sense to sit down. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So it has to start with a willing, a willing mind. Right? It's not what you would give if. It's not what I would do if this happens. I'm just trying, all I'm trying to say is the event has already happened. Now you've got to enter into the finished part side of it. Grace supplied it. Faith is going to hook on this thing and bring it on this side. Hallelujah. Now, can you get excited that you're rich? Four of you could. Hallelujah. Arise and shine. Your, your, your light has come. The weight's over. I'm still waiting on you, actually. Hallelujah. So you, the problem is you think you're having church, and we're not having church. We didn't come to church. We're not having church. This is not church. You're the church. Hallelujah. Can anyone get excited that you're rich? Now, if I'd have read it from the Reader's Digest, that'd be one thing. I read it from the scriptures. You're already rich. You say, well, I looked at my pocket. Pastor Matt says this way. I looked at my pocket, and all I found was lint. And lint can't be spent. Well, you don't find it in your pocket. You find it right here. You put it in your heart, right? You put it in your heart. Grace has already funded you. Ooh. 
all been funded, have been funded. And I just say, I'll, I receive that by faith. My answer to you, Lord, is yes. And then all, all the angels have to do, they, they heard that. They says, well, that, that hooked that up. Get with it. Cause it to transfer. It's ours in Jesus' name. Why don't we stand up? I don't know. But it's, the, the, these are different services. Hallelujah. We're not going to do the last song since I took so much time. I'm going to, unless you want a song. Hallelujah. Father, we just bless you. Let's just thank you right now because this is an extension. We're just going to follow the Holy Ghost. We're, if he wants to get up here and sing 14 songs, we will. Or lay on the floor. I don't care what we do. Father, we just worship you, praise you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise your holy name. Praise your holy name. We thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to enter into the covenant that you made with us that cost you everything. Didn't cost you a lot, didn't cost you much, it cost you everything. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you were so willing to come and to give your life, to lay down your complete and total life, to die a cruel death. But you was raised, you were raised, uh, you were raised and you become the firstborn of many brethren and we are the other brethren, Father God. And now we've been seated together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah with you. We're seated in the place of authority. We're seated in the place of dominion. We're seated and given a name that's above every name. We've been given a resurrection life to come in and to flow and to move upon our behalf. We give you great honor, sir. We give you great praise. We lift our voices. We lift our voices to you. We thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do in our midst. We thank you for the gift of God and the man and the woman of God that you brought us this morning. We thank you, Lord, that heaven will speak and heaven will declare and heaven will say what this body needs to hear this morning. We thank you, Father God, we're going from faith to faith and from glory to glory. We refuse to stay where we are. We're not going to wait till next year. We're not going to wait till the turkey's cut or the ham's cut until the Christmas tree goes up till we start thinking about you again. We're not going to disconnect to have two events. Father, we thank you, Lord. We're pressing into the high mark of the prize of the high calling of Christ Jesus. I place the demand upon the Spirit of God right now in the name of Jesus. We're not looking to a man or to a woman. We're looking to you, Father God. We thank you, Lord, that utterance shall be given and it shall go forth in each service. And things will be said and done, Father God, that aligns us with you, with your thoughts and your purposes for this ministry, for this time, for the, each of our lives. We give you praise and honor and glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Receive, let you receive the offering, brother. You can come and do or y'all or who or hallelujah. I wouldn't want to follow her. I just know that. I've, I've seen that before. I'm first. <laughs> I got this right. You got that right. Give that to her if you want to. She's right, going to use that. I love you, brother. Praise God. I'm going to reteach all that. Okay, if you don't mind. Praise God. Bring that baby up here. All I've seen is pictures. Uncle Randy. Got to see that baby. Look at that. Oh, cute. That's the cutest kid ever alive. And she's sleeping with one eye open, and that's wonderful. She's watching. That's it. You always want to sleep with one eye open. Praise God. She's ready. <laughs> Learn how to sleep one open in church. I'm going to move this a little closer right here. Praise God. It's so good to be here. Thank you so much for the warm welcome. And, uh, you know, Mary and I are, uh, we're in a transition period in our life and we've been through a bunch of them. Uh, 
And God has uh, he's put some things in us over the years that now He's allowing, to, allowing us to give back. And so uh, this is a little bit loud. Got a little bit of a roar to it. I'm going to yell, so I'm used to yelling. So uh, We do want it taped, though. We want, we want it on there. Are we live? Praise God. Praise God. Well, first of all, I just want to appreciate your pastors. I, I think you do, but if you, but but if you, if you don't know what you got here, start knowing today. <laughs> Amen. Uh, I can tell, I can tell you do. But uh, we, it's rude to go somewhere and not bring a gift, you know. So this is for both of y'all. She made sure I told you that, so you're you getting it. It's for both of you, but I'm supposed to hand it to you. I don't know what that means, but some some kind of woman thing, I guess. But. Uh, we're so excited to be here. Our, uh, Pastor, last time we were here, been through a bunch of things since we were here. and uh, uh, But we believe that God Almighty connected your pastors with us. We believe it's not just, uh, uh, you know, every, a lot of things are divine appointments. Your whole life is a, a divine appointment. Yeah. You don't go anywhere any day without having a divine appointment. Amen? But uh, they have influenced our lives for the last couple of years especially, and before that, but, but really in the last year or two that has set our life on a different course forever. And it's, uh, you know, one of the things that, uh, you know, he called me on Tuesday and told me about these meetings. And so uh, I got really excited about it. And I said, when's this going to be? And he said, uh, Sunday. <laughs> so I said, well, uh, we're supposed to leave Sunday morning and go to the Smokies. And so he said, uh, forget it. It's okay. You know, like you did. just don't worry about it. It's okay. Everything's cool. Short notice. You know, it's just Tuesday. And so uh, I said, that, that won't do. That will not do. I, I, I said, I'm, when is it that you want us to be there? He said, well, I had, I had Sunday morning up for it. I said, we'll be there. We're on vacation. We'll be there. We're not, we're not worried about it. So uh, he tried to talk me out of it, but I, I, I really was in tears thinking about not being here. So we're so glad to be here. And he said, well, you better check with Mary. I said, well, I will, but I know what the answer is, which it was. Yeah, we're going. <laughs> so we're glad to be here. We appreciate you guys. Uh, I, I want you to say this with me. Say, I am not a sinner. I am saved by grace. Uh, I, went, I, I was raised in the ministry of Word of Faith, just like a lot of us. And, uh, you know, I thank God for it. I thank God that I came up in a place where it taught us that what we believed, if we spoke what we believed, and we really believed it, and we really believed it, I mean, we believed what we said, that we would have what we said. But when you have that, but you don't have grace, you begin to perform for God. You start performing. You can't help it. It's not, you're not being really, it's not somebody evil teaching you that. That is human nature. But I'm here to tell you today, that your human nature was crucified with Christ on the cross. Amen. And you don't have that guy anymore. He don't live anymore. What happens to something when it gets crucified? It dies. 
So let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And let's look at something right here. And I, I've got a couple of different translations of this, but uh, like you guys, I've I've found the uh, I've found the the Passion translation it's just revolutionary. Amen. But uh, verse seventeen, 2 Corinthians chapter five, verse seventeen. Just in the in the Passion translation, it says, "Now, if anyone is in uh, if anyone is enfolded into Christ." He has become an entirely new person. All, all that is related to the old order has vanished. Behold, everything is fresh and new. Now look at verse 21. Verse 21 says, For God made the only one who did not know sin. So who was the only one who did not know sin? Jesus, right? He was the only person that ever lived on this earth that didn't know sin. And it says, God made the only one who did not know sin to be sin for us. God made Jesus sin for us, for you and for me, right? Now, I like the way this opens this up right here. It says, uh, so that we who did not know righteousness. Now, have anybody, anybody in here got a cell phone? Anybody got cell phone? <laughs> got 100%. Just about. <laughs> I finally got you 100% hand raises. Uh, well, when I, I got this phone, Mr. Uh, Mr. Elliot taught me into getting an iPhone. He's promoter of the iPhone. So I had a droid before that. Now, I'm going somewhere with this, okay? Who cares what kind of phone you got, right? But anyway, I had a droid before that, so we went to the to the phone place after Mr. Elliot told me, "Get you, a, you want to get a get you an iPhone?" I said, "Okay." So we went, and we got this guy that waited on us, and I asked him, "I have a droid. I need you to tell me what the difference in the droid is and in this phone." He said, "It's completely different." No, sir, you don't understand what I'm asking. I want to know the differences in the iPhone and the droid. He said, there's nothing like them that are the same. <laughs> you don't understand, sir. <laughs> I want you to tell me what this operation did on this one and what this one done on this one. He said, I can't do that because they're completely opposite. They work. Here's what he didn't say. This is what I needed to hear. There's two different operating systems. Mm. You're going to another one Amen. if you leave this one. When you got born again, you left an operating system and you went to a totally different one and it had no law in it. It had no sin in it because of that. So if you try to live... If I try to, I did this the other day. I'm so glad I did this. I picked this phone up the other day. I've had it for how long? A year and a half. I picked this phone up the other day and I was thinking in my mind about taking a picture and I went, you know what that does when you have a droid? Turns your camera on. It don't do it on this phone. It just keeps on looking at you like you ain't got no sense. <laughs> because you got to go in here because this is a totally different operating system. You got to go in here, press this little button. Then when that, if you hit the right button, when you hit that button, the camera comes up and you do that. 
This whole thing was about just getting a picture of y'all. And some of y'all think this thing steals your soul when you take a picture. Y'all are crazy. <laughs> but you live under a different operating system. You're not an old sinner saved by grace. You never were. You were either one or the other. And now you're the other. That you're born again, you are a Christian. You are a believer. You are a child of God. And you're entitled to all the benefits. You know, Pastor talking about the... I can just see glory coming out of your mouth when you was up here. Uh, he talked about the, the giving and, the, and, the, and how that's supposed to be done. We've heard for so long, and give you an example... Uh, God loves a cheerful giver, right? Well, God loves everybody. So when you give uncheerfully, He still loves you. Yeah. <laughs> it got nothing to do with Him loving you. Now that is a scripture, but the truth is what it, what it really says right there is He's able to do what He wants, what He's planned for people that give like that. He's actually just able to, to express His love to people because like, he's going he's gonna to love you no matter what. Amen? And so, and a good example I thought of, how many of you ever raised kids? You got, you raise kids till they're grown. So you, you're, now you're in one of these categories. You've either raised kids till they're grown, you're raising kids till they're going to be grown, <laughs> or you're going to raise kids till they're going to be grown, or you have been a kid that has grown. Amen? And so, 100%. All right. So, you know, when you train a kid, we've raised four boys. And uh, when you train them, you, you tell them what to do. And for instance, you might say, look, when you, when you, when you get up in the morning, you're going to get up, you're going to make sure your room's straight, you're going to make sure your bathroom's straight, you're going to get everything fixed before you leave, and you're going to have that done. And for the first while, maybe longer for some than others, that's what I refer to as like pulling teeth. <laughs> Because they just don't, the Bible even says it, that you know, foolishness, childishness is bound up in, in a kid. But what happens is if you keep doing that and you do that right and you do that in faith, one day that child, you'll come in there, open that door expecting the same thing and it'll be clean. And they'll be up and ready to go. You know what happened? You trained them, but now their heart is different. Because that's what you was looking for. Do you love them more when they do that than you did before they do that? Seems like, but no. <laughs> you might love that action more, but you don't love that kid more when they perform than you did before they did. You don't love them more. Matter of fact, the fact that you kept doing it proves you loved them. Because if you don't, you just quit. Mm. Amen? Amen? So to the young people, that, that, that's what's coming now. Because <laughs> uh, that's why your parents act like they do. Because they love you. Amen? And uh, that's what God feels about us. He loves us. He loves us beyond anything that we can imagine. But we should imagine how much. Amen? So this scripture right here says... Same, same scripture. Let me just read the rest of it. I, sometimes I get off on that. I don't, uh, I don't finish the scripture. For God made the one, the only one, the only one, Jesus. God made the only one who did not know sin to become sin for us so that we who did not know righteousness, 
might become the righteousness of God through our union with Him. Now, again, another another cell phone analogy. I don't know why I'm on the cell phones. But, uh, you know, when you get a cell phone and you begin to set your... You begin to set your cell phone to personalize it for you. There's these little things that'll pop up and say, would you like to set a ringtone for this number? You know, for instance, would you like to set a ringtone for this number? If you, if you don't choose a ringtone, what will happen? You get what is called the default setting. Now I'm going to tell you something about your righteousness. You don't have a choice. When you took Jesus, when you received Jesus as Lord, righteousness was your default setting. What does that mean? Well, what that means is I'm not out here trying to be righteous anymore. Well, anybody ought to act right. I know. I know not to kill. I know not to murder. I know not to steal. Right? I don't have to have a law to tell me that. What I want to do is I want to understand what I have coming to me because of His righteousness. His right standing. And what's so good about it is, I don't even have to be righteous to get it. You know why? It's the default setting for a Christian. Are you a believer? Are you a Christian? Are you born again? All the terms we use for for saved. (laughs) If you're one of those or all, if you're one of your all of them, then you have the default setting of righteousness living on the inside of you. So all you got to do is be who you are. You are not trying to be righteous. You are not trying to be a Christian. You're not trying to behave to be a believer. That is who you are now. That old guy, he got crucified. And well, I'm just... This is the world. The world now has this... What is it, what is it called? The, this is her. I'm going to teach part of her stuff. The world has this idea that every person has evil in them and every person has good in them. But if you're not born again, you don't have any good in you. And if you're born again, you don't have any evil in you. But the world puts it, that's palatable for the world. Have you ever heard the term, well, they're just a glass half empty person. Or if they're optimistic, they'll say, well, they're, they're a what? Glass half, half, half full. Well, with the world, you don't get half. You only get half no matter what category you're in. How about the full glass? Where's that? <laughs> But that's how you deal with things when you don't have a God that says, no, I've made you full. I have filled you with the Spirit. You're not half full. You're not going to be, you're not going to work up the Spirit. You're either full or you ain't. And if you're full, you can't be half. Amen? I mean, it's, it, it, now that I've seen it a few times, it's, it seems simple and it is, but we have to make sure that we understand this is the way God made this. This is who He made me. The part about the address where you, you, you have, everybody in here has a home, you have a home address. Well, that's, that's not really where you live. That's where you live physically. But where you live positionally is at the right hand of God. Amen. You are seated in Christ at the right hand of God. Amen. And that's where you operate from. That's how you operate. Well, how can I be broke and expect to have the blessing on my life? Because you're not, that's not your address. Broke's not your address. Seated at the right hand of God's your address. Well, it's taking too long. Well, that's because you're bound by time. 
Did you know there is no time in God? <laughs> we say these things. No time and distance in the Spirit, right? Yeah, but it feels like time. <laughs> feels a lot like time. But the truth is, what I have to do is, what we have to do is, we've got to defy time, realize we're not trying to get to heaven. I was listening, I was at the gas station the other day pumping gas, and this place I buy my fuel down in the country, uh, they play rock and roll music, classic rock. And I heard, knock, knock, knocking on. Oh, y'all don't supposed to know that. And, I, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, that's how the church has been operating. Like they're knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. And they're supposed to be bringing heaven to earth. Amen. <laughs> and they're supposed to be living like they're already have their place set in heaven. I'm going to tell you who lived that way. Jesus lived that way. He wasn't trying to get to heaven. He brought heaven here. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Well, I'm going to let Miss Mary come. I'm not going to take up all the time. But uh, we have some... You going to tell them about the new church? You want me to do that? You want me to do that? Well, through uh, several words from the Holy Spirit, from ministers, especially that guy, here a while back we were talking, I don't know, a few months ago, and... Uh, I was just telling him some things were going on in our ministry and things were going on at the church and things like that. And so I've been real quick to make sure that I honored my pastor at our church at Bethesda because uh, I pastored that church for seven years. And then Pastor Gene, some of y'all remember Pastor Gene Hollis, came back and I turned the church back over to him and then he went to heaven. He checked out and still pretty mad at him. But uh, anyway... Uh, his wife, Pastor Carol Hollis, took over, and so I I just stayed in the same role I was at, associate pastor. She did children's church. I did the youth, and basically we did. If uh, she got up and announced something, well, I need this done, and we look around, if nobody's got their hand up. We're like, y'all, well, I'll do it, <laughs> you know. And so we wound up with like nine jobs apiece. And so, well, not nine. That's exaggerating. Together, we're nine jobs together. Eight. Okay. Cool. And so, uh, anyway, as we talked, uh, I would be explaining something. And I said, now, now I'm, I'm not the pastor. I want to make that clear. I'm not, I'm not saying this as the pastor. Pastor Carroll's the pastor. And he, one day, he said, yet. I said, I don't believe I understood what you said there. He said, you're not the pastor yet. So I said, I rebuke you in the name of <laughs> Now, here's what happens, and I'm going to give you a little bit of backstory. I'm not going to tell the whole thing because it's too long, but once you've done something like that, once you've had a position, uh, the, the way you deal with that most of the time, let's just say you, you had something at work and you were the boss, and then all of a sudden now you've been demoted and then somebody else is the boss, you have to deal with that or you quit. Right? Well, you can't quit God. Right? So what you do is you put stuff into place to make you okay. And I didn't realize that I had done that. I put some things in place. I said, well, I'll just, I'll just work where I'm at and do it the best I can. That's not bad. That's not wrong. That's the thing you do. That's, that's what's right. And so, but that went on for a certain amount of time. And so when he said that, I, I just tried to ignore it the best I could. 
But uh, we talked some more, and through all that, I realized I had all, since I've been saved and been called, I've been a pastor. And Mary started telling me, said, Look, you don't realize this. When you go do a job, and somebody comes up and asks you something, you don't, you don't realize, because we hear you, you're pastoring those people. You're talking to an impact, you're, you're, you're talking like a pastor. She said, when, she said, when you deal with the kids, you don't realize it, but you're, and that should be the way it is with your kids. You kind of pastor your kids, don't you? Not pester, pastor. <laughs> you, you kind of do that as a family. A dad is kind of like the pastor of the family, right? Should be. And doesn't, doesn't exclude anybody else. It's just that's, that's, I'm a man. So, amen. And so, through all this, a few months ago, I like to do a lot of things. I've always been active uh, hunting and fishing and doing things, and I always wanted to go play, ride, ride a motorcycle to Canada and back. You know, it's pretty fun. Things like that, stuff that's active. And so I was just thinking about the next thing or the things I want. I'm the guy that can take the Bass Pro Shop catalog and I can find something I want on every page. Are you? Every page, yeah, amen, amen. Get a witness. <laughs> and so I was doing that kind of thing, thinking about the next thing, boats. I like deep sea fishing. I like to have, I want to have a boat that I can go out with and carry folks and fish and stuff like that. And I was looking at all that stuff and finally I told God, I said, listen, here's what I want to do. I want to preach the gospel. I don't want to do anything else except preach the gospel. If I can have something else and that, that's cool. But if not, I'm just going to preach the gospel. I, talk, I started this a year or so ago, or maybe maybe longer. I didn't realize what I was doing. I just knew that was the thing to do. And so as of January the 5th, 2020, the year of vision, 2020, Miss Mary and I will be starting a church in Oxford, Alabama. Amen? Praise God. We're very excited about it. We want you guys obviously to pray for us, be a part of it. Your pastors are obviously a part of it. And and somebody that I can blame. Huh? <laughs> now you told me. You told me. No. Uh, and we're, we're excited about it. You know, we've been through, I said to start with, we've been through some things. And I know everybody in here has been through stuff. Uh, where's your sister? Jones Church. Jones Church. Can, can somebody go get her? I just saw myself doing something and I'm going to do it. Figure she's... <laughs> Figure she's doing something working. Uh, about, let's see, not about, but it was uh, on August the 17th of 2017, 18. 18. Uh, the devil tried to kill me. He, uh, I, you know, it was my fault. I mean, I, all the details was, were on me, but you know, the devil will take anything he can get. I was on a ladder. The ladder turned over. In a split second, my, my foot that was on the bottom of my foot <laughs> was on the side of my foot. You're not in trouble. <laughs> well, I thought it feels like. I, I just saw myself doing this. Everybody, stretch your hand out this way, and uh, I'm just going to pray over you. Amen. Uh, promotion is coming to you in Jesus' name. Big promotion. Big promotion. I I just see you going to another level. 
I see everything in your life going to another level. And all you have to do is believe it and start to imagine what that is. I have no idea, but you're going to imagine what that is. And when you imagine it, it'll be exactly as you imagine in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. The anointing is already in place to cause it to happen. You're not going to do it. You're not going to do it. The Holy Spirit's going to do it. God's going to do it. It's already done. And we receive it in Jesus' name. You got it? You're faithful and you're blessed in Jesus' name. And God notices it. Amen? Praise God. Go get them kids. Tell them you didn't get a paddling or anything. Give them hope. But uh, I started going, and you can, I was so, so great to be able to walk. I despise limping. I hate it. It's not right. It's wrong. It's wrong. It's not for people. And so uh, we went through that deal. Miss Mary saved my... First off, my son was with me. He was, he was at the time 17. He works co-op. He was, working, he was doing co-op at school and uh, helping me. It was his first day to work with me. I had gone to lunch. He got out like at 1 o'clock. We got back to the job about 2, I think, seems like. He had his little car there because he had drove to the job. My truck was sitting there like it always when I'm at a job with everything open and all the tools out. <laughs> so there wasn't no moving it. And, uh, and not without some work, you know. But uh, he got me to the car uh, and uh, we got to the city hall, which was a couple of miles away. And those guys took really good care of me. But severed the artery, uh, you know, I, and not to glorify the devil, obviously. But we went, we had about three miracles that I'm here, alive, walking. Cause all those categories were in, <laughs> all the way to the death part was in question. And so, uh, but God has taken care of us and through all that, God finally told me, He said, you, uh, you can't keep waiting to receive something you already got to do what I've told you to do. I mean, I thought that was pretty good. So I just started, we just started going into this and uh, we've known it for several months that God is going to, you know, bring us out of Bethesda. Started we first several months ago. Well, obviously when I had this happen, we, we weren't at church for a while. And that was terrible. I hated that worse than anything. I hate missing church. And uh, so through that, some other folks started stepping up and doing things. And we got to realizing, well, you know, they might have done some stuff before. We hadn't raised our hand on everything. There might have been some people in there that would have done something, you know. <laughs> it's not wrong to be eager and to be willing, but the truth is you want to be right where God wants you to be and have everything in your life that God wants you to have because that's His goal and that his, that's, his, that's His plan for your life. This church, I'm going to say it, Ms. Mary's going to reiterate it, this church is taking a step up in these meetings right here. I would, I, if, if we weren't leaving right after this to go take care of something that we've been planning to take care of, we'd be here every service. So you have the opportunity to take a step up with what's going on here. Do not miss out. Amen? Just don't let the enemy tell you anything. You are the people that God has chosen to do this. And from here on, there's going to be an increase there's all this, all y'all's lives are going to increase right now because of your giving the right way. 
you're about to take a step up financially and it's not going to take a bunch more work. Anybody can get, a, anybody can get another job, right? Not wrong to have a job. You're supposed to. But the truth is, you're about to see increase in, in places you've never seen it before. You're about to see settlements. You're about to see things coming to your life that, that you didn't expect. But I guess now you're going to expect them. <laughs> Amen. Make sure you keep your imagination because that's where your imagination sets what you're expecting and then your expectation sets your faith and your faith sets the promise in motion. Amen. So make sure you keep this thing right. And, you know, and I talked about righteousness. Uh, that was one of the things that uh, I had to deal with for years and years and years. I just had, uh, I call them unholy scenarios. Imagining, un it can just be, you can hear a siren off in the distance and the first thing you think, uh-oh, is that somebody I know? That's an unholy scenario. Yeah. And it's based totally on fear. It has no fact to it. It's just a siren. It might, it might even be, a, you know, they might be, there's no telling what it is. But if your mind goes there and your imagination goes there, then you're wasting a lot of time that you could just be saying, no, I'm not, not going to fool with that. I'm not going to mess with it. Amen? Amen? So praise God. Come on up. I just have a couple of testimonies that I want to give you uh, this morning. Uh, and just say thank you. Thank you to your pastors. They are awesome. Awesome. They were, uh, they were light. We, you know, <laughs> we spent lots of, lots of time at home and didn't go anywhere for months because of uh, Randy's injury. And for uh, a part of that time, we, he could not be around people. He, we had infection and had to have another surgery. And so then we were, we were kind of quarantined for a long time. And, and just thank you guys, because you, you'll know on the other side what a blessing. So we feel like you guys are at home, you know, home. We would have, you know, thank God for, um, we would watch on Sunday morning. So we, you know, felt like we were here a lot of time when we weren't. But, um, but God just, you know, I just started praying about this service and what, um, what God wanted um, we believe we were supposed to be here, so what does God want us to bring? What was what is it that's so particular? And um, I've been praying, you know, about next year. You know, God, what what talk to me about next year? I usually do that. And one thing in particular he told me is you're going to be coming into a season of suddenlies. And he said, You tell them at Grace Life Church that they are coming into a season of suddenlies. And, I'm, and I can already, and that's probably been maybe a month ago that the Lord told me that. And I can already see things happening. And actually, the first one, longer than that, since I was here last, um, obviously I'm not wearing glasses. I was, I was wearing glasses then. And, I, and the reason I was wearing glasses is because I couldn't see near to read. And I couldn't see far and I couldn't see clear at all, so I wore glasses, but they hurt my face, and I just didn't like them. And I was not, I didn't have the right vision to where I could get contacts and not still have to wear glasses. So, 
So I just started talking to the Lord about that. And I said, God, I don't want to wear glasses anymore. So I, just, I got in the Bible, and I found some scripture about eyesight. And I just started meditating on that scripture for a while. And then uh, in July, at the uh, actually it was June of last year, I was... I get up in the morning and I usually go walk outside and pray. And so while I was out there, I was just praying, meditating, and the revelation dropped in my spirit that my eyes were healed. I started shouting. I was in my front yard jumping up and down, praising the Lord. I'm healed. I got it. I'm still wearing my glasses, but I had it. So then I just, I just got excited. And I, there was no work to it. I just received a revelation. I received, you know what, Pastor was talking about, God's already done it. You have to work and live from a position of it's already done. So that's what I started doing. And the second thing um, was I quit condemning myself for wearing my glasses. Because the devil, you know, well, you don't have, if you were real spiritual, you would, you know, you'd just take those things off. Well, I just let go of that, and I just yielded to that revelation. Nothing, nothing, nothing big. That's all I did. Well, our son got married in July, and that day, I just, I remember, you know, we're, they're going to be taking all these pictures of us, and I know I'm not going to be wearing these glasses so uh, forever, so I'm just going to take them off. I didn't tell anybody that. It was just a thought I had. So I just laid my glasses down. And when it came time to take the pictures, I just, I didn't wear them. So, no big deal. Well, about the end of that month, we were coming into some meetings that Randy and I like to uh, be a part of. And so I usually take off that week and, and or I'm, watch those. And so I said, Lord, you know, what do you want? What do you want me to get out of these this year? What do you want me to get? And I'm sitting on my porch and, and he just said, well, what do you want? I said, I want my eyesight. It came out of me so quickly, I didn't have time to think. I didn't even have time to consider, well, you know, if you already believed you had your eyesight, you wouldn't have said that because that's a negative confession. I've lived there for a long time and that, you know, don't watch what you say. And you do have to watch things coming out of your mouth. But sometimes without grace, it becomes a form, you know, just a constant to-do list. And so I just said, I want my eyesight. That's all I said. I went through the whole week watching, you know, and staying in those meetings. And the last one, um, that morning, as I was waking up, the Holy Spirit said to me, don't put your glasses on until you need them. I said, okay. So then that, you know, I would use, pick my glasses up, put them on before I opened my eyes in the morning because they were progressive lenses, and so you kind of have to get used to those a little bit. So that's what I did. I got up, I went and made my coffee or tea or whatever it was and went out and started praying. And I had been out there a little bit, but, you know, the mountain in front of me, the tree, everything's blurry. So I just turned around and walked in the house. And on the way, I just said, no condemnation. The Lord said, if I need them, put them on. So I went in, got them. It's about time for the services to start, so I sit down. Watch, I'm there a couple hours, and then I get 
it's finished, so I take my glasses off and lay them down, and I'm just resting for a minute, just, just kind of chill. And when I opened my eyes, the minister looked into the camera and said, eye healings going on all over and online. And I looked up and said, that's me. And when I said that, the TV cleared up. I reached to adjust my glasses and realized I wasn't wearing them. So I took off outside, you know, and I'm looking, I'm checking, because there are certain things that when I didn't have my glasses on, they completely disappeared. And so I'm out looking for those things, and they're there. So that was miracle number one. Now, from that day to this day, there have been times that the devil will come in and say, that really didn't happen. You really can't see. And you would think the experience alone would be enough that you would never have to deal with that. Well, it's not. Because he can come and make it feel so real. And you can, if you don't, if what's in you is not greater than the facts around you, you've got to live out of the truth inside of you no matter what the facts say. That was my truth. And so every time he would say, this really didn't happen, I would say... No, God did it, and I'm not giving it back. And then I would go outside and say, you see that? It's still there. So then, you know, and the, so this is part of this season of suddenlies we, we're coming into. Well, from then until now, it's progressing. You know, I'm, uh, I'm in the uh, nail salon, and, and these, the couple of things that I'm about to tell you, this is not where Randy and I are teaching it's not in services. It's not, it's, you know, we have a business that we run. This is in my day-to-day life. These things are going on. I'm in the nail salon, the, and, and the little guy that does my nails, he's a precious, precious Christian, just a sweet, sweet man. And uh, he was just telling me about how he hurt his back. He was, he was scared. His wife was scared. They thought something really bad was wrong with him. So, I, you know, I just was just talking to him about that just a little bit. I was not going to pray over him. We were not even, it was not that kind of a conversation. And uh, so we went on and he just started doing this. And he looked at me and his eyes got this big. He said, my, my back quit hurting. I'm healed. I didn't pray over him. I didn't, I'm sitting there with my nails out like this, getting my nails done. And he looked at me and said, I know why. I know why God did this. Because you believe it. I didn't pray over him. All I was doing was touching him. And he got, he got instantly healed. And so the next time I went in, and he is assuring me, I'm still healed. <laughs> so these things are just happening our suddenlies are here. The, and the only thing that we have to do is yield. We just have to yield to the truth. The truth in us has to be bigger than the facts that surround us. If you have that, then you have the provision. There's nothing that you don't have or can't do in Christ. So, uh, sometimes, you know, another uh, instance I was, I never even heard of this, but we had a, a friend. And I was, you know, working this day also, and uh, they just were got to where they couldn't hardly walk. They were in so much pain, some, and so ended up in the emergency room. 
stayed there one evening and then I, the next time I saw them they said well they told me that my intestines has gotten wrapped around my diaphragm I said how does that even happen they said I don't know the doctor just had only heard of it one other time and that's the only reason he even knew to diagnose it there really was nothing they could do so I saw myself lay hands on this woman in a particular way I knew the Holy Ghost wanted me to do that so all I did was I just you know I said well I want to pray for you and she said sure absolutely so I just reached out and touched her right here and when I did her body swung this way and that way and she turned red all over and she just said I feel really weird well her intestine came off of her diaphragm she's never had any trouble with it since then so we're I'm we're just working you know we're going through our day-to-day -day working with clients and then uh, another one I'm sharing the Holy Spirit you know being baptized in the Holy Spirit I'm just sharing that with with uh, someone and what that is and uh, I said you know if you want me to pray for you we'll do it right now so they stood up and when they stood up they went I said, well, they, I know they've already got it. <laughs> well, <laughs> so we, you know, we left and, and well, I got a, a call. It, I don't remember about what time it was, but it was late in the evening. And I, I got this strange call and said, well, it was a text and said, could I send you something, a video? So I'm okay. So I get this video and there's this sound. It sounds just like a rushing, mighty wind. Now, all we had been talking about with, with that person that day was Acts chapter 2 and what happened. So they go home and get Acts chapter 2 demonstrated in their house. They went in, in a room, you know, I, I just went in here and got by myself, and I just I couldn't do anything else until I spoke this out of my mouth. So when they did... Another family member was in another room and started hearing the sound, and they're searching everywhere, trying to figure out where this roaring sound is coming from. They can't find it. It's, it's everywhere. But I said, <clears throat> what were you doing at exactly that minute? Well, I just started praying. I just started just saying whatever it, whatever it was. And I said, well, you just had Acts chapter 2 demonstrated in your home, and I've not ever heard of that except for in the Bible. But one thing the Lord had been talking to me about was we're going to see things that we've never seen before. We're going to do things, the greater works of Christ that he talked about. We're in those days. Those days of suddenly are here, and it's going to be while you're in the workplace. It's while you're going about your day. It's doing what you're, you're normally doing. And it doesn't take some special anointing. You just have to be in Christ. You just have to yield to what it is that he's called you to do in that moment. That, you know, and, and Pastor got up and was talking this morning about your position when you're giving, doing it from a position of it's already happened. One thing that, the last thing that I want to tell is when Randy and I uh, have tithed for years and years and years, that's what you do. You learn, that's one of the first things you learn, you know, to tithe. Well, the Lord started talking to me about 
my how I was tithing, not the fact that I needed to tithe because I always was, but he said, you're doing this wrong. And I thought, what am I doing? He said, you're tithing like you're part of the law and not in grace. And so I went back and read in Malachi. And we all know what Malachi talks about. You know, you tithe so that, you know, you're blessed, so the devourer is rebuked. And so I'm reading that, and he said, that's not how you're supposed to tithe. And I said, Lord, you know, this is our tithing. Go to Scripture. So I'm going to need something else. Well, he took me all the way back to Melchizedek and Abraham, and he said, read this. And so when I read it, I realized that Melchizedek came, and he blessed Abraham. Then Abraham tithed. He said, that's how you're supposed to tithe. You tithe because I've already blessed you. You're not tithing to get a blessing. You are already blessed. I didn't change my giving amount. I mean, we just continued to tithe, but I did it with just one little tweak to how I was doing that. And that, uh, I don't even know how things, I don't know how it happened because we did not change one other thing in our life financially, but abundance is everywhere in everything, just for one little tweak. And all I did was yield to the truth. I yielded to we're already blessed, to that position. I know last time we were here, we talked about coming up to the high places in God, which is the same thing as bringing heaven to earth. And so I just wanted to encourage you and and get excited with you. The, our season of suddenlies is here. Yes. It's here. And you're not going to have to struggle and do anything to try to make it happen because the spirit within you, the spirit of grace, which we know is the Holy Spirit, according to Hebrews, he's already in there working. God's doing the work in us. If we just yield to it and let him work, there, there's no precedent set for what we'll see this year. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> Excellent. Praise God. Well, new beginnings everywhere. New beginnings everywhere. We're on. I just want to say to you, and I think you and I talk about this some, but I just uh, hear it very clearly to address the two of you. Uh, you have a destination. That's all you know to start with. Uh, and um, don't define the border. Don't define the end result. You know, when you go to, if you use your, uh, t today when you're going to your place, wherever you are, uh, cottage, cabin, or cabin, or whatever, you put an address, it'll take you there. This this phone right here, smartphone can help you get about anywhere, can it? Just about. Sometimes it's a little wrong. It says, you are, sometimes it says, you have arrived at your destination. It's on the left, and I'm thinking, no, that's really around the right. <laughs> but she can get you in the neighborhood. So sometimes we put more trust in a in a telephone than we do um, the Holy Spirit who knows everything. And because it seems like her technology is so amazing, like I'll ask, uh, I'll say, hey, Siri. Hello. What can I do for you? Uh, spell supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. S. U P E R C A L I 
F R A G I L I S T I C E X P I A L I D O C I O U S. So you can say this. Hey Siri. Hey Siri, I love you. That's sweet. <laughs> One time, if you, you could put this on a male voice. Uh, uh, well, I, I had it on a male's voice here. I don't usually tell a man I love him like that. <laughs> I tell I tell the female Siri I love her. She, I bet you tell that to all your Apple products. <laughs> wow. Was <clears throat> as smart as she looks like she is, or he looks like he is. So there's a, there's a there's a place where you are, and we're not saying this is not it. We're just saying you have a place to go to. You have a place to know to start. And what God is saying, He says, I, He said, there are people who are praying, who's crying that you know not of, and He's heard their voice, and God has raised up a voice. Siri responded to my voice. I told her I had a need. She says, how can I help you with your need? So there's people that you don't know of who are asking for those same questions and has a need. And their voice comes up before God and God has raised up someone and prepared someone, the two of you. He's, and uh, the way I hear that, he has raised up a voice that will meet that need. Just do not define this is where it's got to be. I mean, all, all we got to know is our next, is our next step, right? Yeah. That's all, that's all we've got to know. Praise God. Well, um, we're going to meet tonight at 6 o'clock. Pastor uh, Billings will be here. And, um, and Monday night, we'll, our meeting starts at 7 o'clock. I'm uh, going to give you an opportunity to, to uh, sow into these meetings right now. So uh, ushers are here. So get you an envelope. I'm not going to give any instructions. You're, if you hadn't heard anything yet, you hadn't heard anything. Uh, you know, Miss Mary talking about doing things just in the workplace. When I first got born again, uh, I was crazy. Uh, I would uh, preach at the drop of the hat and throw the hat. Amen. <laughs> you know, I, you know, how you are when you get born again. You just want to tell everybody. Well, this guy that I worked with, uh, he was just like I was before before I got born again. Crazy, and so uh, I kind of. I clued in on him or I, I picked him as the person that I was going to witness to. And so every day when I went in, he worked about 30 minutes longer than I did. So I'd, I'd find him. He told me later, so I, he said, I used to dread seeing you coming. I'd hide from you. Well, anyway, uh, I talked to him for about five or six months. And uh, he was going through a bunch of stuff in his life and had made up his mind one evening to kill himself. That's how bad it was. And so he said, I... Uh, he said, I went to my, went and got my gun. And he said, for some reason, it was unloaded. He said, uh, I never unloaded that gun. He said, but if the bullets weren't, weren't in it, I knew that they would be in the little basket that I'd e emptied all my change and everything out of on top of the refrigerator when I got home from work. He'd empty his knife and all his stuff out, billfold and all that. And he said, I reached up to get those bullets out of that basket, and I pulled that out. It's, this is the book. The new birth. He said, I reached, I had given them this book like a month before that. 
He said, I reached to get my bullets and I pulled that little stupid new birth book by Kenneth E. Hagin out of that basket. He said, last night, he said, I read that prayer at the back of it and got saved. And I was a baby Christian who didn't know nothing. And imagine how far we've come and it still works exactly <laughs> the same way. Yeah. Amen? Amen? That's what we're talking about. When you go out of here, you be you. You can't be, you make a horrible me, but you're the best you. That's right. Amen? That's right. Praise God. Amen. Awesome. Praise God. Y'all ready? All heaven's looking for at this moment. Hang on just a minute. All heaven's looking for at this moment. Kind of started this in the beginning. Uh, heaven's supplied. Heaven's funded. God's got his retirement all worked out. And he's got his health care plan put, worked out. So and uh, so all heaven's looking for is not what we're doing. He says this, what this does, he says this takes care of what I need done on the earth. I mean, even out of Malachi, the principle, see, it's, it's not that, because we're not God robbers. Hmm. I mean, without Christ, you know, we're, we're, we're guilty of everything. Robbery and everything, murder, we're, we're, we're everything under the law. But we're not under the law, we're under grace, right? So what you are is he didn't give you the righteousness he has. He gave you his righteousness. You know, it, it wasn't like you said, give them some of this righteousness. He, he made you righteous with his righteousness, so you're just as righteous as Jesus. That's hard. That's hard for the mind, even though you know that you're you have the same righteousness as Jesus. And uh, many years ago, I read in John 17, verse 23, in the New Living Translation, like to fell out when I read it, ran around the building three times. It says, Jesus said, Father, let them know that you love them just as much as you love me. See, I knew I heard all my life. God loves us, but never heard it said that he loves me the same that he loves Jesus. Because I wasn't that guy, which you just read the one without sin. <laughs> so I didn't see, see, how, see how the law of mine works. I haven't lived up to Jesus, so how could you love me quite as much? I've had to bring you some grief and disappointment. Your son brought you nothing. So you couldn't love me exactly the same way that you love Jesus. But to your point, you loved those kids when they weren't doing right, just as much when you had discipline as when they were doing everything right. Because love is love, and love never fails. So here's, here's the deal. Heaven is not looking for any of this. But this, te this takes care of us ministering the gospel on the earth, doesn't it? Uh, how many it takes finances to, to do home yeah. in life, right? Well, it does the same thing in the ministry. But here's the deal. This is not changing heaven's economy at all. None. Zero. Zilch. So all God is looking for at this moment right here is our faith. That's all it is. All he's looking for is faith. So in the name of Jesus, Father, we receive the words that the man and the woman of God have come and brought to our life. We thank you, Father God, for that word. We thank you, Father God, that we were reminded of uh, creative miracles and miracles of all sorts. We thank you for what you'll do for one, you'll do for another, that you're no respecter of persons. We thank you, Father God, for the divine encounter, the hookup that you gave us with them. We thank, we bless them. We bless them as they go forth in a few weeks 
to a destination, to a new journey. We thank you, Lord, that you have traveled there before and you have already prepared the hearts and the people and you order their footsteps as they are to go and their voice will connect with the right people because their hearts are prepared for this voice. And when they hear that voice, they'll say, this is what I prayed for. This is what I've been asking God for. And the divine connection will be made. And Father, we thank you, Lord, as these meetings are going forth. Uh, we ask that there be a freedom uh, for the word to go forth and to speak through everyone who, who are coming and, and uh, that are speaking into our lives. We thank you, Lord, it'll have heaven's uh, plan on it, have pl heaven's imprint upon it. It'll have heaven's design upon it. It'll have the designer's architect uh, upon it. We thank you, Lord, that we'll have ears to hear. We declare that the spirit of the Lord is upon us. We thank you, Father God, this is our time to rise and shine. We thank you, Lord, Father God, that the wait is over. Yes. The depression has to be gone in yes. Jesus' name. The, circum the circumstance gives weight or gives way to the weight of the glory. Yes. The glory is so strong, the circumstance can hold it. The walls of Jericho could not handle the weight of your glory, so they crumbled underneath the pressure of it in the name of Jesus. We thank you that we are at that place right now in Jesus' name. We don't put off until next year. We don't disconnect. You made a world in six days and rested on the seventh. We have two, uh, over uh, almost two full months. And Father God, we'll take every juice that's in every little every little juice. We're going to squeeze every bit out yes. of this year, Father God, and we're going to we're going to march triumphantly into two thousand. 20. In Jesus' name, we bless you. I bless those who are here. I bless what they've heard. In the name of Jesus, we lay hold of it. Just say what I heard. I receive it. And I thank you, Lord, for sending forth ministers of your gospel to preach the word into our heart. I receive that word. It's my word. I align myself with that word. Therefore, I shall receive what you say, what you declare about me and my life. It's mine today. I, I, I take it now. Satan can't come steal it. There's no trespassing signs around my life, my family, my children, my business, my, my finances, and my health. Cannot invade our life. We're going to go from faith to faith. And from glory to glory, we're rising from this place, this day, to a new level we've never known, we've never experienced. But he's prepared our heart for it. In Jesus' name, amen. You may receive the offering. Hallelujah. Pastor Billings, I was telling people Wednesday, he, um, he has a friend that uh, he's in his 80s, an elderly man. This man preached with William Brandon under the tent. He's uh, and I got to meet him twice. He and I told the church. I said he looks, uh, Pastor Moss. He's uh, he's he's mid eighties. He looks just like Marcirillo. He's the same height as Marcirillo, and uh, I met him twice. And he's he's laid hands on me twice. And so he, um, he was. Pastor Bill's went to go see him this week. He says, "What are you doing?" And just telling me, "So oh, and Sunday I'm gonna go over." And he says, "You remember that pastor I brought over here one time?" And he says. Yeah, yeah, they're from over whatever. And Pastor Moss sitting at his desk, and uh, he said he, he shoved back from the desk, and he said, oh, my gosh. He said, he said, I see what this is happening right now. 
And he began to speak and he began to declare some things over you and over this area and over our lives. And, um, and so, um, um, he's a, he's, he's an unusual character and, uh, he, uh, he preached for a number of years with William Branham, and so he moves real prophetically and in, and in the gifts. And, uh, and he talked about a lot of the same things about um, the glory of God. But he talked a lot about there's so much pressure in our, in our life now and how these things are entwined with the government and what's going on politically and how the enemy's fighting against uh, the plan. And a lot of times we don't understand what happens with the nation uh, also, the church is entwined with it because we're responsible. We're not supposed to send someone there that we elected and think, well, we're through, we went into the... We went into the no, because even when Israel was a captive for 70 years, the Lord told them, you stay here, you're going to be here for a few years, and you're going to live here, so you're going to begin to bloom where you're planted. He says, you go ahead and build you a house, and you raise your kids, and you you plant some shrubs, and you, uh, you know, you... Uh, paint you a picture and you put it on the wall and then you even pray for this place that got you in captivity because how it goes with them is how it's going to go with you. Hmm? So we need to have a heart that's hearing and prepared so that, you know, for our nation and as we're praying for the, this administration and as we're crossing over the line because what we don't see, what the enemy sees and what God knows is there this 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 walls razor thin, you, and people have too big of an uh, uh, too big of an opinion of what the devil's doing. I'm going to tell you something. He's understaffed and overworked. Hmm. And a lot of times, what we say, what he's doing to me, he's not even anywhere around because he didn't have enough personnel to do it. So really, he's not. A lot of times, he's not doing anything, and he doesn't have to. You know why? Because he knows how this is thinking right here is doing it for him. He don't have to be there. Huh? Uh, Smith, where were you saying the same thing? He said, why are y'all talking about the devil did this? And he's been on my case. He's stopping me. He said, if you knew how, if you knew something about you and what you have, he said, I don't believe he comes in within 100 miles of me. Hmm? If you was the enemy of a sniper, if you was the enemy, and you would you want to be within the range of a sniper? A good sniper. Smith Wigger said, uh, he says, you give away too much devil credit to the devil. He says, because he's not, he's usually not as close as you think he is. One, because he's understaffed. He's way overworked. Amen. So we ought to run because we have very little resistance. We think we have resistance because we built it into our mind. Huh? And it's because of the flesh. It's because that we're living out of the senses instead of walking in the spirit. When we walk in the spirit and that holy imagination that you're talking about, those walls and those doors, the walls will begin to fall. The doors will just begin to open. It's available to you right now. What we're thinking is sometimes God has something just set on his calendar and we're conditioned to think January 1st. And we're willing to make changes January 1st because in our mind we think that's the new year, that's the new day. In the Hebrew calendar, it happened in October. So <laughs> they're thinking the new year started two months ago in America. Like it's a it's a new year, it's a new day, and 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 the the Jewish people thinking, yeah, you're about two months too late for the party. Hallelujah! 
So God's not limited to because like Brother Randy, Pastor, Pastor Randy said, he said, it's time. Time is right now. God doesn't have time the way that we have it. He designed your time for this earth, but he's moving right now. And if you just kind of just give him as much as a nod, he'll take that as full access. Faith will access the grace of God. John Osteen said, grace can do for you. He says, I preach faith all the time. He says, John Osteen, not Joel. Pastor John Osteen said, grace can do for more, for more in you in one day than what faith will do for you in five years. Hmm? And when you get into the grace, it opens the doors to the glory. Hmm? What does the glory do? It accelerates everything. When you get into heaven, if you had a tumor, if you had a cancer, you can't get in there with it. If you could get in there with it, and it would, and it would touch the atmosphere of the heaven, the glories, uh, it, it couldn't live a second in the glory. What happens when we, when we get into the presence of God and the glories in our midst? It accelerates everything so fast, you see. There's nothing wrong with having faith. That's, it's right. There's nothing wrong with speaking the word and claiming what's yours. That's right. But when you access in, into the presence of the grace of God, it excels, it accelerates, it speeds everything up. Arise and shine, for the light has come, and the glory of the Lord is now upon you. Your wait is over. And so... The glory will go where it needs to go to fix your problem. You say, well, I got a problem. And, and sometimes, you know, it's, it, the problem is not you. It's just you, you, you have a family member. Where the Lord knows your family, he knows your sons and your daughters. Uh, Norval Hayes had a daughter. He, he, he said, I loved her, but she's nuts. He said, every night, Norval said, the devil would tell me, he says, Zona, never make it home tonight. And Zona, you remember Zona? Zona was dancing on tabletops and bars. And, uh, and people would tell Norval Hayes, I said, but you feel pretty foolish, Norval. Don't you run around the world getting other people's kids saved and your kids. Uh, and uh, uh, all uh, 90% of Zona's friends killed themselves so drunk they didn't know what they set themselves on fire at the beach. And didn't even know they was on fire and killed themselves. That's, I'm going to call that kind of high. Hmm? And he said, the enemy kept on telling me, and your daughter's next. So Norval, he prayed, and he says, I can't fix this. And uh, the Lord says, I got it handled. And Zona went to, she come home one night, he said, I, I, I heard the car come in about 3.30 in the morning. And she staggered into a room, and about 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning, she was screaming, Daddy, 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 Daddy. You know what happened to her? Y'all want to hear what happened to her real quick in 30 seconds? An angel appeared in her room, scared, he said, the, quote, hell out of her. <laughs> she was living like hell. And, and uh, so after it was all over, he, uh, he says, I don't know what the angel say. He said, she said nothing. And, and Nora said, our, bed, our, our ceilings were, were 10 foot, and the angel had to keep his head down a little bit. Because, you know, he was, a little bit over, he was a little over 10 foot. And said, uh, he, 
he, he leaned over to look at her, and he touched her, and she woke up, and there was this massive angel looking at her. And, didn't say and he says, and it scared the hell out of her. <laughs> he says, and she preached the rest of her life. Didn't need no one to testify to her. Didn't need her mom or dad to fix nothing else. Didn't need her to get rid of her stupid friends. Didn't need her to get rid of her drugs. She didn't get on no more tabletop. She danced in the spirit. Huh? God knows how to fix these things. But what we do is we get so involved, we get so tired, we get so fatigued that we put God out of the whole picture. So I got to go run and do all these things in my life. And you're doing it in the wrong order. You're doing it in the wrong order. Hallelujah. If you got a problem, run to him. Don't run from him. Hmm? Hallelujah. Well, I need to let you go. I need to let these people get on vacation. God bless you. Look, see you back tonight. Six o'clock.